Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Well, good morning. I am excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, my name is Matt McCarrier. If I've not had the chance to meet you yet, um, we are, me and my family are members here. Uh, we are just so excited to be a part of your family, and we're so excited to uh, get to know you, and as the years go on, just get to form those relationships. And I just uh, am always just honored to be here and to speak with you and share with you God's um, amazing uh, words from his scriptures. And so we're going to dive in today. We're going to close up our sermon series on hope. How about how love is hopeful, hopeful in the meantime. Uh, we've been looking at the story of Hannah, and Hannah is a really interesting character because uh, Hannah's oftentimes looked over in the, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, she's the mother of someone who is a huge figure in the Bible, and so a lot of times she kind of gets passed over for her son. And uh, we see uh, if we slow down and we take just a few minutes to focus on her story, we get to glean just a really uh, unique and interesting thing that's really useful for us in our own lives. Um, so we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel, and we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 11 today. Uh, just a little recap to kind of preface what we were going to read. If you've not been with us the past couple of weeks, uh, we'll catch you up real quick. It's not, it's not a long story, uh, but it's a good one. So Hannah is, is this woman who is a barren woman, and in that day and age, to be barren, to be without children, to not be able to have children was seen as a disgrace. Oftentimes, actually, it was seen as um, a symbol that you were actually cursed by God. Um, and so people would mistreat um, women who, who could not have children, and uh, they would be kind of outcasts. And sometimes even within their own families, they could become outcasts. And that's the case um, with Hannah. Hannah has become an outcast in her own home. Her husband um, loves her dearly, uh, but her husband has other wives and, and uh, or other wife. And, uh, and these other wives are able to give her husband uh, children, and they are... Um, essentially picking on her. They, they see her and they say something must be wrong with her because uh, she cannot give um, our husband children. So we kind of, that's the setup for this story. Hannah then um, goes with her family to, to worship at the temple. And while she is there, she is just beside herself. She's so, um, if you read this story, it, it paints this picture of, um, of depression. Hannah was depressed. Um, she was this place where she would not be eating. If you've ever suffered depression uh, from depression, I, I, that's something that in my life I struggle with. And when you're in this um, cycle of depression, you get to this point where it just is blackness and there's just no um, want or drive to go for, further. And we see Hannah in this place. She doesn't want to eat. She doesn't want to get up. She doesn't want to interact with people. Um, partly because she feels like maybe she is cursed by God, partly because she's being pressured by um, all these people in her life, and she just is in this place where this black pit. And she goes and she just falls before God, and she asks God 
for children. She says, God, I will do anything. I will give those children back to you. Just please, please, this is, this is the desire of my heart. And the cool thing is, is that even though God doesn't always answer, a lot of times God will answer. And, and he'll answer our prayers in ways that um, look different than what we want um, sometimes. And sometimes he answers them the way we want. And we see here that God um, looked in for whatever reason and, and for whatever circumstance, he saw the bigger picture and, and he saw what Hannah was asking for worked into his plan and he granted her uh, this request. And Hannah has a son named Samuel and Samuel uh, begins to grow up and uh, Hannah remembers her promise. We talked about that last week. Hannah remembers her promise, even though it's hard and she's struggling. She struggles a bit, right? Um, it's kind of a, a touch and go there for a second. And then she, she decides to um, fulfill that promise. She goes back to the temple. She gives Samuel back to God. Um, and that's where we're going to pick up here is that she's just done this. She's just handed her son, probably like two, three years old, over to the temple um, to live there for the rest of his days, over to the temple priest Eli. And we see her just in this place where, I don't know about you, if you're not a parent, um, then it might not be um, as uh, applicable to you. But if you are a parent, just thinking about that, uh, it just, I don't know what place you'd be in. Um, I would be beside myself. I, I probably wouldn't have kept the promise, if we're being honest. Um, and, uh, and we see Hannah in this place, uh, and I'm sure she's just She's probably weeping. She's probably struggling. She's probably in this place of, of sadness and joy, um, this weird mixture. And we see her offer up this prayer of praise. And uh, it's an amazing, amazing prayer. And what's really cool about it is she's just given up her son. And this prayer of praise is echoed later on in the Bible um, by Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she is witnessing the things and having to give up her own son, she gives a very similar praise where um, she, she thanks God for almost this bitterness, uh, for, for this, this uh, sadness that's coming on her because she gets to experience a part of God's plan that other people don't. And Hannah recognizes that here too. She recognizes the part that she may be playing and the part that her family is playing in God's um, greater kingdom, and she offers up this praise in the midst of this sadness and this hurt. I mean, we're going to turn to it. Before we do, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. Before, When I'm prepping for sermons, I always like to look at like commentaries and stuff. I read through um, the passage that we're talking about. I really let it sit with me for a little while, and then I kind of start to form my thoughts, but then I want to double check that my thoughts aren't crazy. So I check with the commentaries. I turn to them. I look through them. Commentaries are just uh, other people. Uh, writing about the book and uh, they're writing about passages and they give you what they think the, the passage is about. So you can kind of check uh, several different ones and see, you know, maybe this is what I'm thinking. Uh, well, I turned to a couple different commentaries for this passage and basically they were like, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. You're good to go. You get it. And I was like, oh, and I was like, so I get to talk to you guys. So what we're going to do, I'm going to read through it. I'm going to say, do you guys get it? You're going to nod your heads and then we're going to be done, right? <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory, but it's really cool. Um, and we're going to dive into it just a little bit, uh, and we're going to have a chance to, to worship God in this place, and we're going to have a chance to, to offer up our own praise. And I'm really excited to bring this to you this morning. So um, the, the key 
thought this morning is that our hope is in the gift giver and not the gift. Our hope is in the gift giver and not the gift. That's our key point. Uh, And as we read through Hannah's prayer, I want you to be thinking about that. Thinking about um, focusing, because Hannah was given a gift, and the outcome of that caused her a lot of pain. And I'm sure it continued to, if you keep reading after we're done, um, into the rest of the passages, it says that uh, Hannah returns back to the temple every year, and she makes Samuel a coat, and she brings it with him every single year. And just think about how much hurt that has to be, that sowing that every year, remembering that, even though she goes on to have more children, uh, it'll never replace that. She remembers it for the rest of her life. She's tied to that for the rest of your life. And think about how if she had focused just on the gift, if she had focused just on Samuel and what that was and having to give it away, how lost she could have been. But focusing on God and his kingdom changes her perspective. So let's read here in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 11. And Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. She's just handed over her two or three-year-old son. My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. I don't know if I'd be saying that right then, right? God, why did you make me? I I know I made the promise, but what kind of holy God makes me keep this promise? What kind of holy God wants to break up a family, right? I don't know if I'd be saying that. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you, including my son. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. She's just venting to the world, I think. She's, she's yelling to the, to the people in her life, these people that she sees that she's being crushed in this moment and she's being broken and she's in this, we get glimpses in our lives I call them aha moments where the veil is lifted, if you will, from our eyes, and we see just for a moment God's kingdom. We see the world the way he sees it, and it just breaks us. Hannah's in that. She's giving this up. She's saying, I realize what God's asking me to do. I see his greater plan. It's so wonderful, but it's so painful for me right now, but I can see it. And she says there, she says, she's yelling out to all these people. She says, you can't even see it. Stop being so haughty. Stop being so arrogant. If you even knew who this person was, you wouldn't be acting that way. I don't think she's chastising them. I think she's genuinely trying to warn them. I think she's genuinely reaching out to people and saying, how can we, how can you be arrogant when there's such a great God? When there's such a great God. He says, for the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He said, she's saying, it doesn't matter Where you think you are, God knows where you are and who you are, down to the very, very core. And he will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are starving, and those who are starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children. And the woman with many children wastes away. 
The Lord gives both death, death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but rises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes. He places them in sets, seats of honor for all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. Hannah's praying here, and she's saying the, the Lord doesn't do things the way that we do them. This is our first point today, if you're filling in uh, the, the things in the bulletin, is that God's kingdom is upside down. All these opposites, she's saying the people, what you think is possible is so much more so in God. What you think might be impossible is possible. What you think is possible should be impossible. These things that you think or these ideas that you have um, are often opposite of what God has in store. This has always been really hard for me to, to grasp. Uh, it's been really hard for me to kind of wrap my head around it because there's so many contradictions to what the world says. When we look at what um, the world is telling us, the world is telling us to um, chase after materials. The world is telling us that um, people will make us complete. The world tells us that our status is based upon um, the things we own or the job we have or the place we live, um, that some nations are better than others or that some peoples are better than others. These are all the things that the world tells us, and it tells us it so strongly. It's ingrained in us from infancy. And in this moment of clarity, Hannah is seeing this and she's realizing and acknowledging that God doesn't work that way. If you think back in those days that these things didn't apply to people, that people didn't chase after money or after um, status, just read the Old Testament a little bit longer because there's so much of it. Every single vice, every single um, idol that we could put up, they put up. We are the same. We don't change. Our humanity stays broken and it chases after the same false idols. And Hannah is seeing in this moment, she's saying, God is different. And to me, it's, it's challenging because it's almost breaking what we have in our heads, like breaking what we've been taught. But it's so comforting. Just reading through that, if you're in a place where you're thinking, man, I've, I've been struggling with just, I can't find a job. I can't make ends meet. And you read this, this passage where he's saying, in God's kingdom, that plays no, no part. In God's kingdom, the, the rich become poor and the poor become rich. In God's kingdom, the sick are made well. In God's kingdom, people are flipped into new and amazing creations that are perfected in him. Hannah's recognizing this. And why this is important, why we have to recognize this, and why we have to acknowledge God in this moment uh, is because we can't truly follow God. This is that second point. We can't truly follow God without acknowledging who he is. When we're talking about praising God, when we're talking about being hopeful, this whole um, sermon series has been about hopeful. Love is hopeful, hopeful in the meantime. But how can we be hopeful if we can't acknowledge who God is? If we can't acknowledge that God is the God of the universe, even though that scares us and it should challenge us, 
then we cannot fully follow him. Because you're going to act differently if, uh, I, I'm not trying, I don't want to stir anything up, but if someone very famous is standing right here, you're going to act differently. And you may think, oh no, don't, trust me, you will. Um, I, I used to work at um, Northway uh, Christian Community down in Wexford, and uh, we had a couple of Steelers and Pens players uh, attend that, that church. And some of them would volunteer in our ministry. And it was very tricky plugging them into ministry. This is in the church, their own church, the church that they were part of. They weren't there as guest speakers. They were there because they were members. And I couldn't plug them into certain ministries because they would be swarmed by people. People act differently when people of status or people that they think have status are in front of them. How much differently are you going to act when the God of the universe is in front of you and when you acknowledge that that's who he is? How much hope does that give you? Because the Bible tells us that he is a good God. Think about what Hannah is saying here. He takes people out of the garbage. He lifts people up into creation, into this new life. He is a God that is wonderful and all-knowing. And yeah, it's scary because she said at the beginning, he knows what you've done and he's going to judge you. But she still has hope. She's in this place and she's broken and she's mourning, giving her son up but she's realizing, she's acknowledging who God is, and she's saying that he is in control. That's where it comes. That, then the end of that, pat, end of that section there in verse um, eight, it says, for all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. She is giving up control to God, and in that, she's finding peace and hope. She's acknowledging who God is so that she can follow the gift giver and not focus on the gift. Samuel was the gift. And if she had gotten caught up with that, she would have missed everything. Verse nine, it says, we will protect, he will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. Have you ever fought against something? I know with uh, my youngest daughter, she sometimes just decides that she doesn't want to get dressed, and she just does one of these. <laughs> and you're trying to you're trying to like bend her arms, and you're like, I don't want to break you. Um, <laughs> and you're just trying and trying and trying. And you're like you're like, yeah, this is a little uncomfortable to get you into your into your PJs. I get it, um, but if you just stop doing that, it won't be painful, right? Um, Hannah's recognizing that. She's saying, this is a painful process. It's one that I don't necessarily want to go through. I don't want to give my son up. But if I had fought this, I would have been shattered, right? Because she has just acknowledged who God is, right? Just prior in her prayer, she acknowledged who God was. She said, I can't fight it. Just like my, my one and a half year old, it's not going to win against me, right? If I want to get her in the PJs, she's getting in the PJs. But if we just give in to God and we say, God, you've got a better plan. You have a better plan than I do. You know things that I don't. And you are God. And man, it may feel a little uncomfortable at times. But I'm going to know your plan in time. I'm going to see it eventually, whether it's here or whether it's whenever I've passed. I'm going to see it, and it's going to be glorious. 
And she kind of ends with that. He says, he thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his kings and increases the strength of his anointed one. Then Elkanah returned home from Ramah with Samuel, without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Our last point here is um, that we have to, uh, in order to praise God, we have to acknowledge his gifts. See, oftentimes we get hung up with one of those two things. We're either not acknowledging that God is who he is, right? Maybe we believe that there is a God, but maybe we think he's more of like the kind of God that uh, maybe sets things into motion and then sits back and watches, right? He doesn't really care what I do. He's just kind of observing. He's powerful, right? Um, So every once in a while, I'll offer up my praise to him uh, just to appease him, right? I don't want him getting mad at me. But if he's over there, I'm over here, you know, we're good. That's not the God that the Bible describes, and it's not the God that I believe exists. The God that I believe is intricately and woven into the fabric and creation of this world and us. We long for him, and we long to give praise to him, but we cannot do that if we don't acknowledge that he's there, if we don't acknowledge that he is who he is, and we cannot praise him. And once we've, we've acknowledged these things, once we've acknowledged his gifts, think about um, one of the things that I try to do is in my life, so often I will chalk things up to luck or to coincidence. And um, a while back, I decided I was going to just write every single one of those things down, like everything that I thought might be luck or coincidence or whatever, just even little things like, hey, I put a dollar in the vending machine and two things popped out. That was nice, right? (laughs) Um, And eventually, there's some of those where I was like, maybe God didn't give me two Snickers. Um, But uh, maybe he did. Maybe he knew I needed it. I don't know. Uh, But I just began praising God for those things anyways. I was just like, hey, God, I, so funny story, these boots, uh, I was, I had a pair of boots, and I was on my way into work, and I was working at uh, the church that I was at before I came here, and uh, I was on my way, and the heel broke out, and I had this big thing, and I remember just praying like, God, I need new shoes, I don't have money for new shoes, and I don't have time for new shoes, but on the way was Goodwill, like, you know, Goodwill was right on the way to work. So I pulled in there, and I walked in, my shoes flapping around everywhere, and I walk up, and sitting right on the shelf are two pairs of brand new boots, tags still on them. I walk up, it's like, well, there's no way. I'm a tall guy, and I wear a large shoe, and I walk up, and I was like, these are my size. And I, uh, I was like, okay, I slipped them on, I was like, perfect. And I walked over. I was like, I have these because my other ones broke. I was like, here's the money. She's like, $4. I was like, perfect. And I gave them and I, I walked out. And in that moment, I was like, man, I'm so lucky. That, like, what, what could have happened? And then I had to stop. It was one of those moments where I was like, no, listen, I don't know whether or not God made that happen. I asked God for it. And it happened in a very, very weird way that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And so whether it was there or whether it wasn't, God controls this, right? He's the Lord of this earth. And that happened to me. And I offered up praise. I said, God, I needed boots. It seems weird. Thank you so much. Right? That was it. Try that in your life. It will change your perspective. If you're struggling um, like I do with depression, if you're struggling in a place where it's dark, 
If you're struggling in a place where, where you've lost something or you can't find something, or you can't find this new job, you can't find a cure to this illness that you're struggling with, and you're just so lost and you're broken, maybe you're shattered, maybe you fought God, I don't know. Try just giving up praise to God. It changes your perspective. I want to read a quote um, before we kind of close here. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. If you read C.S. Lewis, he's a great author, um, and he has some really interesting thoughts. He didn't see the world quite the same way um, as a lot of the rest of people. He saw it through a lens that was Christ, um, and it's a really cool thing to see because he just looks at people differently. Uh, And this quote is from him. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see the sun, but by it, I see everything else. If you begin to praise God, if you acknowledge who he is, say, you are the God of the universe. You are in control of all things. Everything that happens to me, you have a hand in. If you acknowledge the gifts that he's given you, even little things like new boots from Goodwill, all of a sudden your focus begins to shift and you see this world in a different way. You begin to see hope where there was despair. You begin to see peace where there was anxiety. You begin to see God when you saw darkness and all of a sudden things begin to shift and you begin to want to tell people about it and it begins to radiate from you and it begins to spread, I promise you. So we're going to do something a little bit different today. I wanted to give you a time um, to just offer up a praise. I don't know where you are. Like I said, I don't know where you are today. Um, You could be in a place where you're like, things are so good. Great. Use these next moments to just give that up to God. Thank him. You could be in a place where you're like, things are so bad. Guess what? Things were bad for Hannah. Things have been bad for a lot of the people in the Bible, but The Bible says that if we shift our focus, if we look towards him, if we offer up praise for those things in our lives that he's done, then we begin to shift how we see things. So do that. Take time to offer up the things that God's given you. Maybe the support in your life. Maybe a person, a place, a thing. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I don't know about any of this. That's okay. Take time to reflect. We're going to play a song here. And... uh, I was actually, this is kind of last minute, um, I was prepping for the sermon this morning, I was just kind of praying, and I was listening to my headphones, and I was wor- worshiping God, and I was praying for all of, it, all of you, and the song started playing, and I just was like, this is good, um, and I wanted to give you a chance to listen, you probably know it if, if you've uh, listened to Christian music a lot, and I'll give you a chance to just do whatever you feel like doing, um, as far as praising God. If you feel like coming down here and kneeling, do it. If you feel like standing where you're at, do it. If you feel like kneeling where you're at, whatever God is calling you, if you feel like sitting and just taking it all in, do that. This is a time for you to offer up a prayer of praise, just like Hannah. And so we're going to have the music play, and, uh, and you can do that now. <laughs> God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you 
You spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. And if the stars were made to worship so light, I can see your heart in everything you make. Every burning star, a signal for our grace. And if creation sings your praises so alive. In this uh, moment, I'm going to be a little bit transparent with you because that's the way that I connect with all of you through all of this. Um, in all, in the past, over the past year, um, God called me to leave a ministry that I was in. God called me to leave a ministry that was going and flourishing and going really well. And uh, he didn't tell me where to go. And, uh, and it's been one of the hardest experiences that I've ever been in my life. Um, because it feels like sometimes you're adrift in a sea and you have no direction. And yet I know that whenever I praise God and whenever I look for him in my life and I see him, because I see him, I do. My life starts to not be a ship that's being tossed by the waves and it starts to focus a little bit more and it starts to point in a direction and I start to get my bearings and I start to feel better 
But I know it's hard because the next week, sometimes even the next day, I just begin to drown again. It's like Peter. So I don't know where you are. I don't. But we can praise God. We can praise God wherever we are. You might be in a better situation than the person sitting next to you, and you might be in a worse. But we are all here to do one thing, to acknowledge that we serve the God of the universe, a God that is amazing, and to acknowledge that he is worthy of our praise. So I'm going to invite the worship team up um, because we are going to close by worshiping God and just praising his name and how amazing he is. So if you would stand, let's close in worship. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.